Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Get Geek Podcast, where we celebrate geek, nerd, and pop culture. Each week, we deliver the best analysis for fans, by fans, on anything related to movies, TV, video games, comics, anime, and manga. We talk geek. And now, here's the Get Geek Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome. This is the Get Geek Podcast. I'm your host, Walt. Um, This week, we are going to be missing um, Jose and AJ. They have the week off, but we have the rest of our crew here. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? This is Wolfie. You are. And um, how are you guys doing? Doing all right. Doing, doing. It's a, it's a pretty wonderful day here in Brooklyn, so. Yes, it is. It's Saturday, November 7th. Um, and so normally this is the part where, you know, we go through our kind of our maintenance bit where, you know, we ask you guys to subscribe, rate and review. And, you know, we talk about how we're, uh, remote recording because of the pandemic and, you know, just to bear with us. But, um, given the fact that it is September, um, Saturday, November 7th, and, you know, we are recording here in the United States and, um, as you well know, we are we are undergoing a very heightened election um, that was made a little bit difficult because of the coronavirus pandemic. But we did get news today that a lot of the news media outlets were predicting, projecting that Joseph Biden and Kamala Harris will be the next president-elect and vice president of these United States. And so... You know, it, it, it is rather a, a momentous occasion here, and I, I felt that it'd be remiss if I didn't say something. So please, guys, we are going to get into the main topic, which will be The Mandalorian Season 2, Chapter 10, right? I think it is. Uh, and, yeah. yeah, yeah, Chapter and, 10. Because we're also going in, con- in sequential order from the uh, first season by chapters. Right. And we also are going to talk about the upcoming Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5 release, which comes out next week, right? I think Tuesday and Thursday are the dates, if I remember correctly. I think so. Um, but like I said, I, I, I felt that I, you know, I, I had to say something because, you know, it, this is a very divisive uh, election. You know, we've, we've undergone a very stressful four years. And... I'm 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 not going to get political on this. I'm not going to talk about policies. I'm I'm specifically going to just talk about the rhetoric and you know the mood of the country. And so you know we've had a president. And listen, if I wish he was a president that spoke on policies because some of the policies that he did have were actually pretty decent. But I think the problem that many people here had was just the rhetoric that he had and and the divisiveness and the divisive nature of the way that he spoke and, you know, treated other people. And it it seemed very, um, it divided our country in two. And so on election night, you know, there was, we knew that this election was going to be different just because of the fact that mail, we had mail-in ballots that was going to be a big thing. And the messaging behind it kind of made sense that Republicans, um, by and large, would be voting day of the election and the Democrats 
just again because of the messaging that was done by both parties or rather by the president and the Democratic Party was that, you know, the Republicans said that there could be fraud, that it wasn't, you know, a safe way of doing it. Whereas the Democrats were saying, you know, vote, do your Democratic duty, vote if you want to vote through mail because you're concerned about the pandemic, which are valid concerns, then vote that way. So we knew that mail-in ballots were going to come in heavily Democratic. Um, I got to say, and this is me personally, and this is not the opinions of the entire podcast. This is just my personal opinion. Um, when the election occurred and, you know, it was election night and everything was sort of looking that Donald Trump was going to be reelected again, not counting the mail-in ballots at that point, there was a little disappointment on my part because I was looking for, you know, a sense of the American people saying no to the racist, the racism, no to the xenophobia, no to, you know, these anti-American speech, the anti-American speech that I felt was coming from the president. Um, and again, I wish that he had spoken more to policies because I think if that was the case, then maybe we wouldn't be in this position of the divisiveness of the country. But as the election, you know, continued and the counting continued, thankfully we did count most of our votes, you know, and it still continues to this point at the time that we're recording this podcast, it became clear that there was going to be a change in America. And so for me right now, you know, after the roller coaster of these last couple of days, I'm feeling hopeful. I'm feeling a sense of relief. And again, it, it still pains me to know that almost half of the country was fine with the rhetoric of, you know, the president of the United States, the incumbent president. But I find comfort in the fact that more than half of the people are saying no and are looking for a change. And I think Joe Biden, and again, my personal opinion, I think Joe Biden is, is a good candidate here because he seems to be very bipartisan in, in the way he approaches things. I don't think that he's going to lean toward these far left policies that, um, frankly, some Republicans are a little concerned about, you know, and, and I think what's going to happen, and this is what I hope, is that we're going to see a change in the way the politics in our country is done. And I hope, and I, you know, this is not only for Republicans, but I hope for Democrats also, that we step away from the bipartisanship and we step away from the divisive nature of politics right now. And we start embracing the fact that it's not Democrats and Republicans, it's Americans. And I hope that this is a call not only to the, pub, the politicians, but to us ourselves. And I again, I understand that a lot of our listenership, they may not be from America, but this is a call for civility in general. We will have our differences. We will have our, our conflicts of opinions. But the point is, we have to show civility in the way we speak. 
And we have to be able to have these discussions without name calling, without hatred, without listening. It's important for us to listen to each other so that way we can come to a compromise and move forward and be better. This, to me, signals an opportunity, not only for America, but hopefully it's a message to the world that we can come together and that we can be a better people. And it really should start today. And I'm going to be honest, when I heard the fact that we, we do have a new president-elect, I, I got emotional. I'm getting emotional right now. You know what I'm saying? But it's important that we be better. That's all I got to say. You know, uh, I got to add to that. You know, I got to you know, add that, it, that it's important not that just we be better, but that we, you know, we recognize that we are Americans, right? We're not. You know, one kind of America, I mean, obviously, the, the beautiful thing about America is the individuality and the freedoms that we have and enjoy. Um, but we have to remember that we have to be unified in the fact that we're American, even in the way that we dispute. You know, yes, we may have disagreements with each other, but at the end of the day, we we, we are under a we're under a flag and, you know, we're under this, you know, umbrella that, flag, that protects that, us and that protects our freedoms to do these things. Yeah, that and, flag and means should, something. Yeah, it means it means something. It means that we are allowed to have like disagreements and different points of views and stuff like that. Um, but you know, under the under the guise of civility, you know, mm -hmm. and that's something that's been lacking for a long time and that we need to get back to. So, yep. um good can come from both sides. Good always comes from compromise. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's all we have to say. And like I said, it's not a political statement. It's just a statement of let's come together as not only Americans, but as a people united yeah. going yeah. forward. So, all right. Um, I think there's going to be something else that we're going to be united on. <laughs> yes, sir. Um <laughs> I think you and I, we we haven't really discussed it yet. We haven't but, at all. Not really. Yeah. We haven't at all. So this is going to be been really dropping, interesting. We have been dropping hints while we've been messaging each other, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so. I, I, I want to start this one off. So, okay, so we're going into our uh, Mandalorian Season 2, Chapter 10 uh, review. Mm -hmm. And... This is one episode that I'm really eager to find out Eli's rating and thoughts. Before <laughs> I go to you, Walt, I want to know, Eli, what did you think of this episode? Well, why, why don't we, before we do that, why don't we give a quick synopsis? Okay, yeah, episode. give it, Walt. Um, if you if you have a synopsis ready, please give us a yeah, synopsis it, it, so that we have the backdrop. It's going to be very simple. Um, the Mandalorian must ferry a passenger with precious precious cargo on a risky journey. I'll leave it at that, and then we can discuss it further. Um, but like Gabe was saying, Eli, what what did you think of the episode? Excuse me, people. That was my mom calling me because <laughs> she has been so hopeful, again, with, with the election results. But you know what? Uh, she 
I can talk to her after this podcast. I'm sorry, people. <laughs> you know, um, Eli, please. Well, okay, so I kind of did like it better than the first episode. What? But I'm not saying that. Okay, okay. When I say that, I I feel like they did the the second episode awesomely, except it was a filler episode, and that should have. After AJ, we, me and AJ uh, talked a, very briefly on it, but he said that it should be in the middle of the season. I mean, you know what? I happen to agree with that. Okay. But even I mean, still, yeah. there, even still, there, there are a little bit weird stuff, but whatever. That's it's just small, small little details that I didn't like, and that's okay. that's basically it. Okay. Walt, your 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 thoughts and opinions on the episode before we get into like actual like, you know, dive dive deep dive <laughs> deep dive and stuff deep dive on a, you know, something of not too much substance. <laughs> You know, shallow dive. We're gonna go into a shallow dive. There you go. You know, we're we're, we're jumping into a pool that only has half water in it, right? We're jumping into a kiddie pool. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so it, it's interesting to note that, and and this is the thing that caught my eye after the episode. This was an episode that was directed by Peyton Reed, and so for fans of the MCU, MCU, you should know that name. But if you don't, um, he's the guy that directed and helmed the two Ant-Man movies. And so um, afterwards, for me, it made sense because it was a comedic episode, you know, mm -hmm. and, and the yeah. Ant-Man movies, um, and and this is going to be an interesting analogy, but the Ant-Man movies aren't the most, um, they're, they're semi-shallow, but they're very fun. And that's how I felt about this episode. It was short on substance, but it was a fun episode the frustration that i have and i continue to have with the mandalorian and and it extends to season one and now we're seeing it in season two is this continued use of filler episodes now for me filler episodes make sense if you're talking about network tv because you're looking at you know a season that conceivably is usually about 23 episodes so story-wise it dictates that you're going to have to step away from the story a bit you know to give time for the writers to enable to extend that story for 23 episodes the mandalorian is an eight episode season i don't see the reason why you need to continue to use filler episodes when the story episodes as we've seen in season one are great why is it that we don't have enough story to tell to fill an eight-episode season? I don't get it. Um, and at least you can say the first episode had some elements of the story. This second episode was literally, and, and Gabe, maybe you can appreciate this, given you know both you and I lo love this game. It felt like side quests on Ghosts of Tsushima as opposed to the main storyline for Jen. Nah, I wouldn't I wouldn't even I wouldn't even go that far because the side quest on Ghost of Tsushima uh it, like help and and are, that's what makes Ghost of Tsushima such a great game because the side quests elevate the actual that's main true. story. So so maybe so it's that's, a, that's important. Maybe it's a GTA um, side quest then. Yes, it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a meaningless side quest. You know it what it I mean? really so, is and and that's the frustrating thing the the thing that I had. I enjoyed the episode on its face. 
but I don't understand how it this episode blends into the grander scheme of the the season. So I'm gonna give my opinion now. Um, I I kind of echo a lot of what you're saying, um, and I I think that like we foreshadowed each other in 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 what it is, but in what we thought we were gonna think of the episodes. Uh, however, um, I disagree with you on one little thing, right? So like one thing is that like th- this this I would say this of all episodes was a filler episode, right? And the reason I call it a filler episode. Because if I make a callback to Dragon Ball Z or Naruto, filler episodes on those shows are literally episodes that have not just don't have anything to do with the story, have nothing to do with like anything. They're literally just there to, uh, to fill the time slot, which is why it's called filler episode. Right. This did that. Right. This had this didn't have an iota of um, of 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 story building, had no connection to the story. Other the only connection to the overall story of the entire of, of the season what it seems to be um is mando looking for more mandalorians right and that was that was one scene where he was like you know hey like if i help you you'll show me where there's more mandalorians that's it there's nothing else and then and 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 especially because with this episode before before we get into the actual details of the episode the episode ended essentially on a cliffhanger without without the conclusion of the journey. So (laughs) it didn't even like, it'd be one thing if it's like, Hey, if I help you, you're going to get me to the Mandalorians. And I, we go through like this issue. We have conflict. We solve the conflict. And then we end up on the planet where we finish the transaction. And now I'm in search of the Mandalorians. No, it ended essentially in the cliffhanger, right? The quest is still ongoing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's frustrating for two reasons. First episode was almost an hour long. This one, we reverted back to like the 34 minute time slot and it's a 34 minute time slot without the conclusion of the actual quest or mission. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't move the story at all. It, it doesn't like you can never, ever see this episode and it does nothing for Mandalorian. The only thing what going back to what I said, that I kind of disagree with you on is that. I don't think that a lot of the episodes in the first season were filler episodes. They were world building episodes because one thing that is special to me about Mandalorian is that it has a, so much world building that the world building isn't exclusive to the Mandalorian. It's, it's, it's overarching for the entire Star Wars universe, and they're using the Mandalorian as a tool for the world building. So I appreciate that as long as there's story elements that even if it's just crumbs and tidbits that we're getting per episode. You know, so it's a little bit different from like for me, from what a filler episode is. Yeah. You know? Um. Two two things. Um. I I really agree with you there because it really just felt like they're expanding more of more of the uni- the Star Wars universe. And when I say universe, I mean like the literal universe. Yeah. Like yeah. they go to di- like different planets, and you can see like senses of culture from those mm-hmm. planets. Exactly. And, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And. Well, uh, Mm-hmm. Oh. No, keep going. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, second thing, I also just want to make, make say this real quick. I changed my opinion because I was I was I. It, it's <laughs> after it, listening to us, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, okay. I sort of exaggerated how good it was because I did have a lot of problems with that episode, and like like uh, Walt said, it was very shallow, and it it didn't really. It's it's 
the problem with the first episode too, it just felt like it honestly just felt like it's it's hard to explain. They're taking things too straightforward, I guess. Well, all right. So, you know what it is? It's, again, it's the pacing, right? So, again, so I thought that the episode was beautifully done. I thought, like, the action and all that stuff was great. There's a couple things that I don't agree with. Um, And this is actually, again, and I mentioned this when when we were reviewing the first season, it's a little bit of a flaw when you have a different director purposefully to have their vision in every episode is that there's now a disconnect in how the story is told and the perfect example for me is that mando in this episode had a lot more comedic lines had a lot more comedic gestures um was a lot more vocal especially like in the uh in 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 the really in in the pretty awesome interactions in the uh razor crest and everything Mm -hmm. but to me it doesn't feel like mando right because the mando that i know is the cool quiet calm and collected action guy you know what i mean like he doesn't talk he does and in this one when you have him like fumbling around looking for the transponder and being like all comedic and having like you know the one-liners and stuff while he's flying in the razor crest that that to me screams finn not mando and 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 that's a problem for me because then like when we when we have another episode where we see mando being more mando being more mysterious being more quiet more reserved you know it's it's I don't know which Mando I'm going to get. And it's and then what it does is it ends up separating the story. So, like, as much as I'm loving everything that I'm seeing, obviously, as a Star Wars nerd, you want more Star Wars in any way that you can get it. But I feel like this is actually a little bit of a problem for me, at least. Yeah, you know, I don't like like give me one or the other, not both. You know, um, yeah, that's that's you basically summed up my main problem with first mm-hmm. the first and second episode because i haven't really be, been able to express that but it really just if i'm being honest it really just seems like it's for all the characters but maybe it maybe it's just me it just seems like the characters are 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 just less serious and less themselves um so let me let me yeah. let me ask you this then because this is kind of a, this is kind of the way that you know series are, are kind of run that you have a showrunner right and he's kind of like the end all to be all when it comes to decisions of the show mm-hmm. right. and then each each episode generally has a different director and a different take on it and so you know we've we've been pretty effusive in our praise of both uh john favreau and dave filoni which makes who makes an appearance in you know, this particular episode as one of the X-Wing pilots, right? Mm-hmm. But do you think that then that is it the fault of the showrunner now that, I, you know, we're we're not keeping a very um, consistent uh, approach to Mando here? Right. I think I think that it sort of is in, in the sense that like John Favreau specifically wants these these very specific directors so that they can apply their vision the way that they see fit right like uh if you see the um making the mandalorian um uh um uh mini doc on on disney plus from the Mm -hmm. first season and he has the round table with all the directors as well as all the actors as well but when he has the, the 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 round table with all the directors he makes it he makes a very you know important point that he brought them on to give them the blank slate like i'm gonna give you the universe this is what i want you to do but i want you to do it in your way and it's a, it's a decision that he did so that like every episode feels like a mini film 
like almost like an indie film, right? Like each right. episode has its own touch and feel of that director. But when you and that's great, right? Because again, I thought that the episode was great, but I'm not looking at Mando per episode. I'm looking at Mando for the entire story. The entire like every episode forms one story, you know, over the course of the series. And when you do it this way, while it's wonderful for the 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 episode itself and and for the director to be able to have like their vision in the Star Wars universe, it doesn't bode well for the character development, right? Because again, I don't know what character I'm getting. I don't know which Mando right. I'm getting, you know. And and I loved, I really love Dave Filoni's Mando because when Dave Filoni has, you know, he's at the helm when he's directing, mm-hmm. Mando has very little dialogue. Everything is through body language expression and interactions which he's you know, great at you know? which he, it's wonderful and it's what the mandalorian is supposed to be you know what i mean and then when we get like episodes from some other directors where they have their take on like how mando should be and like, like you know changes that they make and like you know interactions it just takes away from like the 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 the, the mandalorian story that i actually that i want to see So you're going to be very interested in Chapter 13 because that is an episode that is not only directed by Dave Filoni, but written by Dave Filoni. So we're going to see, you know, the differences of how Din Djarin, you know, he interacts with everybody and his general, you know, sense of being in that episode because that's going to be all Filoni right there. You know what would be, you know, would be would be a, a an interesting exercise. Is if we scrambled up some of the episodes and just picked them up randomly and mm-hmm. see, and because we won't be watching it from a uh, successive storyline standpoint, if we can pick out the nuances, you know, that are given to Mando and the the, the story and the world itself by the directors. Well, you know? what's because I what's think it would be really, easy to pick out. But what's really interesting is that the majority of the episodes are written by Favreau himself, right? Like yes. you know, the, I mean, he's, only... he's writing them and then he's the showrunner. Right. So, you know, the dialogue is coming from John, you know, so it, it begs the question, um, how much how much of how much input does the director have to make changes to the script that Favreau is giving? Well, him? All right, because so, I think in this in this season, Favreau writes every ec- episode except two, the one that's written by Filoni. And then there's another one that's written by Rick Famuyiwa. You know. Okay, so there's a, that's an interesting point, and 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 this is kind of where there's a little bit of a change, right? Because the the fact that he's wearing a helmet means that um, that Pedro Pascal has to do, and for the most part, most most characters on there have to actually do voiceover recordings, right? So like mm-hmm. they act it out, they speak in, in when they're acting it out, but to get the actual audio, they have to go into a. Uh, um, uh, a studio, uh, a studio to, to record their studio. voices and mm-hmm. and 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 essentially live. And what ends up happening there is that this is done after the filming and all that stuff. What happens there is they 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 can do rewrites on the spot. They'll change dialogue on the spot and try it out and see how if it fits on screen because there's sure. no lips to change. There's no mm-hmm. lips to match up and sync with. So they just add or take away and stuff like that. So I imagine that's something that may have happened. You know. Um, okay. so there is that, um, and, 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 you know, like that's, that's, that's something that you, that, that, that I think, I mean, I also don't know if like, this is something being done purposely, right? Like we, we know that there's rumors 
of a Boba Fett series coming. So maybe they might be wanting to, maybe they're making the decision to like, all right, we need to kind of have like identifiable differences. And it's very easy to see from the very first episode of this season as well that like that uh, that Din Djarin has, you know, like a little bit more comedy, a little bit more dialogue, a little bit more like kind of interaction and stuff like that. Like it, like so more maybe, body language and, and all that. Like it just it just doesn't seem like that, like mysterious Mandalorian that we got in the first season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe they're doing that in order to contrast the Mandal, you know, Mando Din Djarin with Boba Fett, who's already made an appearance and we're waiting for. And he's he's generally depicted as being very stoic and very yeah you know he, he's just a man. We're of talking about Boba. Very right? few, yes, yeah, a man of exactly. very few words. Yeah, so because he's the man. Let me let he, me. He's, add, he's cool like that. Okay, listen. You know what? You can agree with this. Come on, you can on agree t- with that. T- today, I am not going to get into that. I will, you can I will, agree with. You I will concede. I will concede the point to you Walt, because I am Walt. feeling very magnanimous today, and I'm feeling very Walt, hopeful. You're gonna tell me that it's not the coolest thing in the world. I mean, that's that's what makes Batman cool. <laughs> Batman really? has a lot of reasons to be cool, man. Boba. That's Boba one of the Fett. things that make him cool. Come on, you have to admit Listen. that like one of the coolest things about like antiheroes and heroes themselves is when they just like are stoic and 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 just like you know, observant and menacing. So just to give our listeners a window into the world of the Get Geek podcast, (laughs) (laughs) me me and Gabe have been interlocked in this eternal struggle between who's cooler, Darth Maul or the character that now is known as Maul and Boba Fett. And we, we give it to each other pretty good, right? We we get we get into it pretty I'm good. Not, I'm not asking you. I'm not asking right? you to get into Boba Fett's camp. Okay? No, 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 no. Even though I, you sort of that. are by watching The Mandalorian, I'm asking <laughs> you. I'm just asking you to agree but, that that he exudes. That's cool. what I, that's what I'm saying. I, you know, as as much of a free spirited conversation <laughs> that you and I have about Maul and Fett. You know, technically, and I think you know this deep down, a lot of the ribbing that I do is just for play, you know, and I do right, concede no, 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 the course, fact that, that Boba Fett is kind of cool, but I'm never going to tell you that to your face. I'll say it now because we're remote and I can always take it back, right? You can't but, take it back. We're recording. <laughs> this is I, this is a recorded. That, that is true, but given <laughs> the fact that. This has been recorded in history. You can no is, longer take it back. That's no, it. No, I'm going to make, but, I'm going to put this clip up on our IG as this week's audiogram. Thank you. I, Moving I along do, now. Moving I do along. have I do have control of both audio recordings and the Instagram account. It could very it could verily <laughs> very easily be deleted and somehow end up in a river somewhere. <laughs> Moving but along. That, but that being said, so let me so let me ask you this question yeah. then. Are you surprised that we did not see Boba Fett? In this I, week's episode, I, I, I am. Are you disappointed? I'm. I'm. I'm not necessarily disappointed. See, here's the thing. Like, it's. It's. I think that like one way to approach Boba Fett is the way that they did. They they show Boba Fett in the first episode to get us to like want to watch every episode, and then like not show us Boba Fett again until like episode three, four, or even five. You know, just every episode we're wondering if he's 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 gonna come up. So it'll it'll draw people to like you know wait and watch and see but what ends up happening is that you betray the the viewer right because if you're if you're you're like playing like a little bit of a you know a game with us 
you know, mm-hmm. holding like the little carrot, eventually they get, you know, you know, the viewers going to realize that all you're doing is holding a carrot. And that's yeah. kind of what happened here. Right. Because I tuned in really excited to see where they're going to take this show after, you know, ending Cobb Vance uh, story after, you know, like showing us Boba Fett and all that stuff. So now this next episode, I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait. So obviously, obviously he's going to be looking for the armor and there's going to be a conflict and they're going to see each other. And this episode, we had none of that. And that goes to my issue with like, if the episode was unnecessary, then what was the point in like closing so many loopholes and revealing so many things in that very first episode? Because instead of doing this second episode, they could have then, you know, just shown Cobb Banth then in the first episode, like, you know, reveal him, reveal some conflict. And then in the second episode, complete that. You could have made the first episode into two episodes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and, and again, oh. it's a betrayal of the fact that it's only an eight-episode season. Um, right. Eli, you were about to say something? Well, actually, I think they have reason to not add Boba Fett um, yet, just yet. I think it's best into, uh, that they add him right around, don't get mad, episode four. And the reason I say that is because of a little, a little moment that I was a bit surprised at. But during during when uh, I think what was the frog lady, yeah, she she did the robot thingy. Yes, she used the the robot from the first season. And um, then she started to translate. Yeah, she started talking about um what, how how, this is uh you're not following your Mandalorian code, so I happen to think that they're gonna go along with, um my prediction from last season on this season um i happen to believe that mandalorian won't be enemies uh won't be an enemy with uh boba fett because you can obviously see that boba fett isn't necessarily a mandalorian he's a bounty hunter so i think that the mandalorian is striving farther away from being a mandalorian and to being a bounty hunter but even still one problem with that is that why why exactly there's no there's no cause for that i'm gonna i'm that's a very interesting point that you just made and and gabe please don't kill me for saying this right (laughs) i won't i won't but but it's a very interesting thing that you said because so far what we know of boba fett is that he is a bounty hunter we don't know specifically whether he follows mandalorian code or not And, and gabe i Guess you can agree with me on that. But can we agree on that? We don't necessarily know from the very limited time that we've seen Boba Fett whether he does follow Mandalorian code or not. And all right. It's interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna gonna, I have to interrupt you. Okay. Okay. But let me just make this really quick. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Um, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, because I know you're dying to jump in here. And so that's why I'm saying it. Let me let me just make this real real quick point and then you can go on your rant about how Boba Fett is Mandalorian and Mando is Mandalorian and screw you, you don't know what you're talking about. But (laughs) (laughs) I will say this. I do find that there might be a conflict, actually, Eli, because of the way you said it, because Mando is shown to be beholden to that Mandalorian code. You know, he and it's brought out in this episode. And I wonder if this is going to be like um, you know, kind of like foreshadowing for the rest of the season because his his approach to the code was called into question by the, that frog lady. Now, what happens, and again, this is theoretical, but what happens if 
Boba Fett shows up on the scene asking for his armor, and Mando refuses to give it to him because he sees and he's heard of the stories of Boba Fett, the bounty hunter, not Boba Fett, the Mandalorian. And I, again, this is purely spec- speculative, you know, and and I'm just basing it on the fact that in Empire Strikes Back, in Return of the Jedi, which is really the only two instances that we have in canon per se, they've never really fleshed out the fact that he's Mandalorian. They've always mentioned him as a bounty hunter. So, Gabe, the next 20 minutes are all yours. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to take me 20 minutes. It's very simple. They are pretty much following canon. They're pretty much following the ex- the expanded universe as canon. You know what I mean? They're, they, they, they didn't come up with a different story. At least it's perceived, right? But, like, they didn't come right. up with a different story for how, like, his armor exists. They didn't come up with a different story of how Boba Fett might have escaped. And, and I know that we haven't gotten that story yet, but it's pretty visible that they're following canon. Because it is the Jawas that end up finding his, in the books, it is the Jawas that, find, that end up finding his armor. And you and know. they had a, a nice little callback in that first season, that first episode where, you know, it was very similar the way that Mando killed that crate dragon. Right, it kind exactly. of echoes the way that Boba Fett got out of the Sarlacc right, in but I mean, the expanded yeah. universe. Yes, yes, that's true. Exactly. Um, there's that. There's there's Cobb Vanth is pretty much canon to a T, you know, from 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 the actual books. He's the only thing that I don't think the only thing that I don't think it's canon is well, the only thing is that they omitted some stuff because for for you know they decided to only make a one episode story arc for well, at least that's that was that's what we know for now, you know. I'm kind of hoping that they do bring him back, they they will bring him back, I'm sure that they will. That's not the point though, because him giving up the armor, he's not now the cob vant that's in the books, right? Right, yeah, yeah, so. They're 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 going by canon for the most part, it seems like. So I don't see them not going, you know, canon with the books. And and again, the whole idea, the whole uh, the the tidbit with the dark saber shows that they're probably. I really think that they're going with you know the the dark saber, you know, rise of the Mandalorians through a new Mandalore. That 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 I don't know if it's going to be Boba. I doubt that it's going to be Boba, but I think that there is going to be some connection between that and that's only going to happen if boba knows mandalorian lore and in the books he became mandalore by getting the saber and uniting the factions and, and we do have we are expecting to see sabine wren um in the later episodes exactly. oh and God. she yeah. she is also the other wielder of the dark saber so yes. it's interesting yes. to note that as well so and actually there's a lot of sense. things there's a lot of things that we still don't know yeah yeah, so I I don't think that they're gonna deviate that much from canon. I think that that the 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 whole Disney uh like like their whole ban on the uh, extended universe canon as making them like uncanonizing them was a false flag. You know, I think they did that in order to like leave it to interpretation so that like if they use something and make it canon, they make it canon by themselves, not that they're gonna change canon. So they yeah. decided to like. Hey, we're not going to count any of these books as canon, but don't mind us if we actually then make it canon. And I think that that's what they're doing, you know. Um, here's the theory. Uh, go for it, okay, okay. Um, here's a theory. I, I, this is a little bit weird, and obviously they're going to do it a specific way that makes it awesome. But what if the the Mandalorian, um, Dinjarin, Dinjarin, yeah. Dinjarin. He is the one that 
wields the dark saber and does all that. Because you have Symbiont Ren, you have ba- uh, the bounty hunter Boba Fett. So, what exactly? How if you since okay, <laughs> it's okay. What if you he's he brings brings all the Mandalorians back together under the influence of both Sabine Wren and Boba Fett. So it's not necessarily because Mandalorians, what are they? They they generally follow the code, right? Yes, that that is, and it's it's almost like they're it's the the best way that they're they're like samurais. You know, so, there's a very specific code and a very specific way of life that they follow. Sabine Wren, she doesn't necessarily follow the code, does she? No, she does. Okay, so oh, yeah. even better. But even better. but again, you know, it, it's the whole helmet no helmet. It it appears that there are modifications Factions. to the code. You yeah. know, so there's it's 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 very much like religion nowadays. You know, there there is kind of like a a general storyline, right? But different religions choose to look at different aspects of it yeah. and, and reinforce that. It's kind of the same thing with the Mandalorian code, you know? Mm-hmm. At least that's the way it seems like, you know? So, what if you, like, do a reset of the Mandalorians with not necessarily following the same code, but let's just, but I'm just going to say it. The Mandalorian is going to be under the influence of a bounty hunter, Boba Fett, mm-hmm. and Sabine Wren. And they're, I guess they could both train him somehow into into being like a leader and stuff with the Darksaber. Especially since we know that Boba Fett has wielded it in the um, n- canon, non-canon thing. Mm, Wait, not the, not the, no, I think the Darksaber was, was made really through... Um, the animated series through um, Rebels and stuff. No, 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 no. Okay, but my point Sabine is, Sabine is point the only is... one that's that's actually wielded the dark saber in my, to my not to my knowledge. My point is, it's Man- Mando's sort of the balanced person. Sabine Wren is like the really good good person because she follows the code. Oh, here it goes. Boba Fett isn't isn't really <laughs> the, the good one. Here he goes. He doesn't follow the code, but. You put that both together, you have something that's balanced, and that's generally what's what makes a good leader. So I think that if he's under the influence of both of them, he's gonna be the one. So I I I, I want to say, and we have to start moving towards our next uh, topic. But um, I have to say that I don't necessarily agree with that. I do, you know, not I don't necessarily agree with the theory from a from a creative business standpoint, right? Like it, it sounds, it, it, it's great. Like I think fan fiction would be super dope if we got like Din Djarin as the guy that went from like a foundling to, you know, a, a wanderer to then the, 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 the Mandalore, right? But I don't think that that's going to happen because the Mandalorian show itself is not about, you know, the essentially the coronation of the king. It's not like a Jon Snow story. It's it's the spaghetti western of like the lone cowboy that's wandering about and you know doing quests here and there and all that stuff. So I think that what would end up happening is that he'll have a hand in possibly extending the story of the Mandalorians and and the and and the resurgence of them. However, that may happen, or if, even if it does happen, I don't think that they would try to tell that story through him directly. Well, um, he, like like you said, he may have a hand in it. Maybe they yeah. they do offer the the dark saber, and he refuses it, and say, you know what? There's somebody better, you know, suited. I mean, for, he's very green. Yeah, and exactly. I don't, and he and he's also not an ambitious person either. 
No. So, um, I think so. The the angle with Boba Fett, going back to like you know the the, the story, the way and I and I said this before in my predictions before for the second season, is I thought that Boba Fett was going to show up, and I figured that he was going to be like a mentor to Din Djarin, in the sense of like you have what happens in religion and what happens in a lot of philosophy and stuff like that. You have someone that's been brought up in a philosophy or a certain philosophical point of view, and they're trying to follow it to a T because that's what they've always been told that they need to follow it. And then you have someone like Boba who's maybe been jaded through life experiences and maybe has, you know, come to a realization, the true meaning of being a Mandalorian and, and being a Mandalorian is one way, not, not how you've been told. And, you know, that that might have an effect. I, I think that's one way that they might do it. Or the other way is that Boba Fett has, like, had so much loss and has gone through so many things in his life that he's abandoned the code, um, you know, for whatever reason. And then Din Djarin, you know, through, through his experience with Din Djarin, then he maybe, um, you know, takes on the code again and stuff or, or remembers the code and, like, you know, revives himself as the Boba Fett that we all once knew and loved. You know, so I think those are the two angles that they're going to go, you know, because right now the image that we have of Boba Fett is a hermit that's been hiding. You know, the reason that he's been hiding, we don't know. Maybe he's been hiding because he's, like I said, abandoned the code and has pretty much given up on all life. Um, or he's just discovered a heightened, you know, Mandalorian code and has lived that life, you know. So that's that's why I think that's we're gonna go with Boba Fett. When we're gonna get that, I have no idea because I have no idea how many filler episodes we're gonna have in between. Yeah, exactly. Or there's a third there's a third option that Boba Fett is so irredeemable that eventually Man, Mando has to make the choice on, you know, whether whether no no and I and I'm I'm not doing this to I'm not I'm not doing this irredeemable. To, well you know what like you said what has he done to not be redeemable? He's he's been jaded, right? And he is a, a bounty hunter, right? And yeah. and you know, you maybe there's a case that because you know he's he's had such a, a difficult that he's he's fallen quote unquote to the dark side, you know. And Mando does catch up to him. Mando does say, you know what? Here's the armor, you know, redeem yourself as a Mandalorian. And and because of the, the life experiences that Boba Fett has, no matter how hard he tries, he always falls to those bad habits. And then, you know, there's a choice that Mando has to make, you know, whether, yeah. you know, do, do you keep dishonoring the armor or do I just take it away from you? And how you take it away, that's up to, again, we, we don't know how these stories are going to play out, but, you know, it's always fun to speculate where it's going, you know? Yeah. All right. So um, before we move on, you're, I want predictions for the next episode. Now, these predictions oh, are going to be God. a little bit different, right? Because normally we kind of predict on like, oh, I think that we might see this or we might see that. I think that the only prediction that's really left to make is like, is are, are we going to get story or are we going to get filler in the next episode? Because there's really no way to tell. I'm assuming that we're going to get some sort of story expansion. Yeah, so do I. I think you. I think you have to. I think you're getting to the point in yeah. the season where if you don't start telling the story, you're gonna you're gonna fall into a situation where you're down to the last four episodes and you've got to rush right through it, and that would not be a good thing, you know. Also, I, also, real quick, tell like going back to the whole carry on a stick idea or, or or thought and everything. 
tell me not tell me like when 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 the the, the x-wing fighters started shooting and saving mando did you not for a moment think that like oh did boba just show up like has he been tailing them to save him there there was that very very brief uh, i know moment yeah but I, but i think the 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 sounds of the laser yeah, it blast, became distinct yeah, exactly. And I think yeah. that, that went away. But that would have been an interesting way of introducing it. And you know what? I would have actually appreciated that. You know, yeah, I, that I would have been that, the, that would have been the bridge. That would have yeah, been a great bridge. Exactly. That gives that gives the people that have been waiting. And you know what? You still don't have to introduce him as Boba Fett at that moment. You yeah. could just have him there, you know, and, and kind of effectively end the episode where it's like they're both staring at each other. And yeah. then that gives you the excitement for chapter I know, 11 I know. you know it that's was like such a, it was such a letdown right that it was, it was such a letdown that it was the, the, the x-wings for me because at first i hear like the blasters and i'm like oh man like is that boba fett's blaster and then it starts picking up more like you know a, a bit of a turret and then in my mind i'm like is that the slave 2 you yeah, know you know like is that the slave that it'd be so cool if like the slave 2 is there to rescue the razor the razor crest and then the slave 2 with the razor crest flying and then it's that the would X-wing have been I was just like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, what a letdown. But I do think that Boba Fett might actually show up in the next episode. I think that the next episode... He has to. Start, I think that it, the next episode's going to start with them, with him completing the quest, right? He's going to land in, in whatever world that, you know, his, uh, you know, the, the frog lady belongs to and all that. And she's going to point them to where the Mandalorians are and stuff like that. And he's going to search and find the Mandalorians. And maybe this is where Boba Fett makes an appearance or something like that. I don't know. I hope so. Um, yeah. I, I'm just going to make mind? one quick uh, thing real quick. Uh, those spiders that we see in the show, they are actually a callback to an episode in Rebels, yeah, Rebels. where um, Ezra Bridger, who is the main protagonist of that show, um, he he encounters them on their home planet, and he has to have a, a connection with them with the Force. So I I found that to be a very interesting callback. And I and again, I can't say it enough. I love the way Filoni just kind of weaves all these things together, and it's a seamless thing, and it it's not too jarring, it's not too out there. Um, I'm looking at you, J.J. Abrams. Um, and and it's just a very nice flow that he does that where he interconnects everything not only from the games but from the animated series from the the movies and and I can't say it enough I, you know I, I'm a really big fan of Filoni the way he does that and the seamless way that he does it that it's enjoyable for the fans but at the same time it's not too jarring for people who don't know you know the the pre-existing lore behind Star Wars um Eli you were gonna say something well. Um, I have a little bit, I have, I have a, you know, I do have a, uh, a very similar prediction to, uh, Wolfie's, but I think they're not gonna have a face-to-face confrontation, um, Mando and Boba Fett next episode. I think that what they're gonna do, considering how they'd like to do a lot of filler episodes, and not saying that they should, but I think that what what's gonna happen is Boba's gonna do do the quest and whatever. Let's say he goes to like some other planet to take up a new quest or something. And I feel like Mando uh Boba's just gonna be there just like watching for the per- perfect moment. Okay. And I think that 
I if Which is gonna be the season finale. Yeah. <laughs> no, but no. But I know. I, <laughs> the way we're going. <laughs> oh god. I understand that, but like, uh, this is what you know. What, now this is becoming what I would do, but I think that gives some time to build a relationship between Boba and Mando because you have five episodes and. And generally, in that time, you should be able to get through some of the story and most of character bu- uh, building, character building their relationship. So it'd be like mentor or whatever. Okay. All right. Quick fact check. Um, Ezra did not encounter those uh, spiders on Lothal. He encountered them on another planet called Adalon or something like that. So. You know, just want to make sure that we're giving you accurate information. And now I'm going to give you my hot take on what's going to happen on the next episode. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, I mean, I want to say that it's going to be story story driven, and I'm 95% sure that it has to be. But you know what? I would have thought that we would have had some story by now, and we haven't. So I'm just going to say... I have no idea. Uh, and again, I'm I'm fully predicting this now. Boba Fett, we're not going to see him until the, the season premiere of next season. I'm I'm even moving it further back from the season finale. Jesus Christ! <laughs> because it just seems like you know you you dropped him in that first episode, and you, and you've kind of totally forgotten him so far. And I know it's only one episode, but I would have liked to have seen at least maybe just a thing. And uh, I know that there's that meme going around with um, the stitches around his neck. We need to get that resolved really, really quickly, right? That's not real. Oh, my God. All right. We got to start moving along. Before we yes, move along sir. to our next topic, before we move along to our next topic, once again, just reminding you folks out there to, like, you know, like, share, rate, subscribe, Woo. and uh, tag everyone in, in, in the recording. If you like so far what you're listening to and you think that there's a Star Wars fan out there that needs to listen to our take, please. You have to. You know, share the podcast right now. Hit the send. You can pause just and then send it. it to someone. Okay. Um, and also send it to people that might be into video games because we're going to talk about Xbox and PlayStation, uh, Sony and Microsoft coming up right now. So that being said, Sony drops the PS5 on uh, Thursday, which is November 12th. And, um, and, and Microsoft gets two days early, to a, a little bit of a head start. They drop their Xbox Series X and Series S. Series S. Oh, that's going to be hard to say. Yeah, Xbox Series S, the X double S, on the on on Tuesday, which is November tenth. Now, there's been a lot of stuff. We've already had like a little bit of a, you know, we've spoken already about the two consoles. We've had a little bit underwhelming, um, kind of reveal from I think both parties. I think Sony had the better reveal as far as like the games and stuff like that. Um, but since then, there's been a lot of reviews out there. There's been a lot of information out there on the. Uh, on, on first impressions on the consoles and and Microsoft has made a lot of moves since then that makes adopting the Xbox you know a little bit more enticing now um, but the fact remains that there are no killer titles for the Xbox and while PlayStation still has like a better opening day lineup still no like super next gen video games coming out either so guys what are your first impressions of so far or rather not first impressions but what are your impressions now um, are you guys more excited, either of you guys, to 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 adopt any of the consoles? Uh, has any of the information that has come out uh, made you more excited? And you know, um, you know, yeah, yeah. Tell, t- talk to me. Tell me what you think, Eli. What do you think? Is, is are you more more or less less excited for the console wars? 
Well, no, but yes. <laughs> what? There you see, go. See, um, <laughs> you already you already know this. I'm I'm a really big fan of Minecraft, so that's that's generally one of the big one of the big things for me. Um, and I I like to play Minecraft on Xbox because it just it just feels better it to to do it on Xbox. Other than that, there's nothing really since Minecraft has uh ray tracing. I'm I'm excited to get that for Xbox One X. But other than that, I'm not excited for anything else. Literally every other game except for like maybe the Miles Morales game. They're really just not that exciting. So Right, and and I understand that. That's why I said like the 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 opening lineup is a little yeah. bit underwhelming, but I was wondering, like, again, like, any tidbits of, like, the actual performance of the consoles and stuff, has any of that, like, you know, piqued your interest at all? No, not at all. Really? Nothing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Walt, what about you? Well, I, I was just looking at the reviews on IGN for both the consoles, and it's interesting because they both have them rated at a number 8 out of 10, so... Um, it's kind of like a dead push in IGN's uh, view. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be one of these things where it's classic, you know, hardware versus software. You know, the argument that we, you have for a lot of things, right? Um, and it's clear to me that I think software side, you're probably looking at the Xbox taking the crown there. And hardware side, what I find interesting is that the Xbox, while it's supposed to be the the more powerful of the two consoles, it does look like the PlayStation 5 has more innovative, you know, things about the console itself. I mean, I've heard a lot of really, really great reviews on the controller itself. And not for nothing, you know, you might say, oh, well, it's just a controller, but that's how you interact with the console. And if you have a bad experience with the controller, do you really want to pick it up again? I, I mean, I think... That's one of the things that, you know, kind of not necessarily makes or break a console, but if you find creative ways of using a controller, and I always look at the Dreamcast and how, you know, the Dreamcast had that memory card that had that little screen that the screen yeah. that kind of yeah. changed the way you played with things. You know, I look at it in the same way with, with this thing, and uh, they said that, you know, the PlayStation 5 the controller is transcendent it's it's totally different so um i i am gonna say this i'm a little bit more excited about the consoles i guess because we're closer to release day um but i still think that i'm going to be waiting i don't think i'm going to be rushing out to get anything because again there's that dearth of you know you know really high quality titles and the, the interesting thing is a lot of the titles are going to be available on the older, the current gen right now, you know, like there's nothing really out there that would make me run out and get a new console if I know I can play it on my old stuff, you know. Um, and that also kind of begs the question, do you think that maybe these consoles could have been held back a little bit just so that you know, you have something to kind of marry it to, uh, one of these AAA titles that, 
you know, like a Halo or a, a God right. of War or something like that. You wonder if maybe, you know, especially with the pandemic going on, and, you know, I hate to say it, but there's a lot of people that are not looking at luxury items. They're not going to run out, at least in my opinion, they're not going to run out to, you know, the store in Christmas to put down money on a $500 console when they're dif- having difficulty putting money, putting food on the table. You know, I, I don't, I think maybe that's a missed opportunity that maybe you could have held back these consoles and then married the release with one of these big titles. I think maybe, maybe you push it out a little bit more, but like I said, right now for me, you know, I, I am excited and I think I'm leaning more toward the Xbox right now, just because of, how they're doing, you know, Game Pass and, you know, all the announcements, you know, with Bethesda and all these game studios that are going under their umbrella. But again, there's really, before there used to be one of these things where it's like, okay, I got to get this console because of this game. You don't have the same argument with this release, these set of releases right now. Right. So, so, so that's where, that's where I think that like is the story of this console war, right? Mm-hmm. It's not about the software. And I don't think that like the, the, the issue is that when it comes to consoles, it has been tradition to release it for Christmas because, you of know, the, the holiday season, just because of, of the holiday sales. And, and even though like there may be less sales now because of COVID and all that stuff going on, I think it's still the best time to release it. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. because of like the fervor of sales. Um, you know, the whole idea of Christmas shopping and all that stuff. Um, but the story itself is going to be in the fact that there are no, there is no killer software for either console, which is where, which is what I think Microsoft is banking on. Microsoft, I think is going to bank. Sony is banking on their uh, name recognition and history, right? Mm-hmm. Microsoft is banking on all the uh, features that they're going to be able to provide on day one regardless of the software they're going to be able to provide you know all this backwards compatibility where the games play so much better right so like not only do they play so much better and you have a much better experience um they it's they look better they look a little bit more next gen you know what i mean and Um, and you have the 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 library available all the way to the original xbox exactly so amazing exactly so so for example let's say you're a sony guy that has always been, a, or a PlayStation guy, you've, oh, you've always been PlayStation, or maybe a Switch guy, you've always been Switch, and you kind of want to maybe check out an Xbox, this is the one to check out, because this Xbox Series X is not just the launch titles that it's coming out with now, it's every single game, or or a, a vast majority of games going to the very first Xbox. You know what I'm saying? So even mm-hmm. the Nintendo Switch doesn't have backwards compatibility with anything, they have to be ported over. When it comes to the, the, the PlayStation 5, there's only going to be some backwards compatibility with the play, with PS4 games, but that's going to be a slow process. Right. So uh, getting an Xbox Series X is going to be the uh, library of thousands of games that are now going to be upscaled on, on visuals, loading times, playability in every which way. And, Aside and don't- from... Huh? Don't discount don't discount those retro gamers. Those retro gamers that this console right here is going to be a boon for them, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. For sure, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and and you know, I think that that's a really really important move that Microsoft has done. I think maybe Microsoft knows what's on the docket from their competitor and knew that there wasn't going to be a killer title. 
So they wanted to make the statement that like, hey, day one, forget about having a killer title. Sony's not going to have one either. Let's focus on on over delivering on the services so that Sony can ca- catch up on it. You know, they're going to make this the story, right? They, they want to make this the console that is that replaces maybe your old Xbox, but also your Roku, your Apple TV, you know, your 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 Alexa app, whatever, you know, your your um, Google Home. Yeah, you know, it, it, they want it to be the one console that does everything that the Xbox One tried to be. And yeah, and it seems it, like it's going to perfect it. That's a perfect. That's a that's a perfect uh, uh, thing that you just said because they've always tried to live in this space, but I think with this release, they are really really pushing to have that that Xbox Series X be that hub for all your home entertainment, not just um, video games, which is a really smart move because you know what the parents that buy this these this these consoles for their for their kids you know now it's something that you could put that in your living room as you know you know part of your your main entertainment space and it's 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 an easy sell because now you know it's not just a video game now it could be your blu-ray player now it could be your your streaming yeah. device you know yeah. it it adds value and i and, and i appreciate the fact that they're pushing that because it makes sense to do, you know, if you want to, if you want to really, you know, broaden that base, what do you do? Not only do you focus on the gamers, right? You also focus on not only the hardcore gamers, but, you know, the casual gamers. But now yeah. mm-hmm. you're making a case that this is a device that you can put as your main entertainment hub and yeah. you can do mm-hmm. everything on it. And yeah. that's a yeah. really, really smart decision on their part. Yeah, I think I think the the Xbox One was too early for its time, right? Because I think the Xbox One came out like when really the only you know streaming service that mattered was Netflix, mm-hmm. and you know it, the the world was still cable and satellite. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they try to they kind of marry cable into the Xbox One by having that that port where you can watch TV through your Xbox One, which I actually enjoyed mm-hmm. um, while I had cable even though I kind of stopped it. Right. Right. Um, but I think like their whole idea of like having like a, like a home hub of all these online services was really, really like, you know, to like advanced for the time. So I think that like Xbox one could have been like, if, if, if like the series X is not too different from the Xbox one, it's just that it's debuting in this new world exactly. where the world is, is, is really ready for like, Hey, I don't need cable. I just need all these apps. You, you know, just hit it right on the head right there. You know I mean? because so, you just hit it right on the head right there because this is the new normal, right? And, yeah. and a lot of people, especially now with cases rising, you know, not only in the States but around the world, people are now going back to sheltering in place. So, you know, th- yeah. the, this normal cable doesn't, um, the normal cable and, and regular network TV doesn't work for them because, you know mm-hmm, what, mm-hmm. now prime time is all the time, you know? Yeah, so, exactly. You know that's where the streaming apps really, really come into play. This is the new normal that we're that we're living in right now, and you know what? I think the Xbox Series X is uniquely placed to be that entertainment hub. You know, especially now in these times. So I yeah. I agree with you one hundred percent on that. I mean, that's why for me, I'm 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 I mean, I've been an Xbox fan. I I play more on my PS4. I mean, I pretty much exclusively play on my PS4 over the Xbox. But uh, I've always been a fan of, like, Microsoft's approach, you know, of, um, uh, like, how they did things. I never really enjoyed the way that Sony approaches everything, which is, you know, all about 
you know, proprietary hardware and proprietary, you know, exclusives and stuff like that. I'm not actually a fan of exclusives. I personally want, you know, games to be on every platform because yeah. I want to be able to talk about the game with my PlayStation friend or my Nintendo friend or whatever it is. Um, and the fact that like Sony, their, their business model was proprietary hardware and then these exclusive companies that had to make their games for their hardware, which made it even more difficult for them to port it in the future to other, you know, uh, you know, consoles and stuff like that. Like it was just not inclusive enough for, for me, even though. Right. So it forced me to get a PS4, even though I didn't want to. Um, yeah. uh, but I've always liked the way that Xbox has tried or Microsoft has tried to approach the the, the, the game industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I'm excited for the uh, the Series X. I, I will get one as soon as I'm able to. Not able to at the moment, but I would definitely yeah. get one as soon as I'm able to. But you know what? Um, There's a lot of people that are probably in your camp as well. I, yeah, I know I yeah. am. Yeah, you know, for sure. For sure. Drop, drop it because it's not just $500 for the console. Now you have to, you know, if you're in a multi-gamer household, now you got to think about controllers. Now you got to think about games. Well, now you got to think about, you know, hardware options because these mm, games not these so games, much not so much not if you think about it right because if you have game pass you add ten dollars and you got the console right there it's not five hundred dollars now it's just an extra two coffees a month no yeah yeah i know but what, what i'm so saying there's is that, that there's that you know and that does help um but you still have to download the games you know, and, and so that's extra hardware that you have to worry about. And you know what? We're not even talking about the Series S because I don't even think that's an option because the Series S is, is, is um, I believe, if I remember correctly, the memory, the hardware, hard drive capability is much less, you know, and you're, you're talking about a, a gaming system that is not that much better than the xbox one x so you know i think that's that may be an entry point for some people but i think you're gonna have buyers regret you know as the console ages um right with that particular console right there well okay this... <laughs> <laughs> he's speechless he's speechless yes there will be buyers of regret but I literally just watched a comparison for PS4 and PS5 graphics. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's not a big difference, but there definitely is a difference. Now that I, now that you Oh, absolutely. You and and well, you... no, like it's it's bigger than it's a it's a big it's actually it you know it is a big difference actually. You also have to remember that developers still have to have time with the console and as 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 the console's lifetime expectancy, you know, as as it progresses throughout its its lifetime, the developers are going to find new tricks to get the most out of the the console. So right now, you may see a little bit of a difference. I'm pretty sure, but, but give yeah. it like maybe a year or two. Yeah, the the difference is going to be super stark. You know, yeah, you're going to see gonna... a really big difference by then. You know. Because they'll have more familiarity with the the actual console itself, and they'll be able to trick out a lot of things to to get the most out of that. So, yeah, that's that's really see that's that's partly my problem with honestly the PS4 mm-hmm. because literally when it first came out, I'm pretty sure it was huge, 
and the graphics were crazy. Yeah. But like when when I got it, it the graphics weren't they were better, but there wasn't to me at least there wasn't really uh, it, there wasn't really a huge difference between you you also have to remember though. You know, and yeah. as as big as our TV is, our TV is still a little bit older. So it doesn't have a lot of the 4K capability, yeah, the HDR. So, you know, it, it really is dependent on having a console and a TV that can output at the best possible quality for you to get the best value out of the PS. We have a PS4 Pro, but I can tell you that we're not getting the most out of it just because our TV is a little bit older. So, okay. you know, okay. I think if we if we had you know, a, a TV of this year or last year, then you can say, wow, that's a big difference. Yeah, that's no? that's that's an important thing, right? It, there's, there's a big investment in to to um, to be able to experience the entire, you know, this entire world. Um, and I would wager that, like, if you don't already have all the equipment now, you can get the Series X, but I wouldn't necessarily plop down all the money for a super nice TV now if, like, you're not going to, you know, experience next gen games yet. Anyway, mm -hmm. I would wait till the following year to upgrade. You know, your television where the the power is actually being harnessed of the Xbox. You know, I will also say that like the more and more I see pictures and the more I read reviews, I have to admit that I'm I'm enjoying the uh, the design, the 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 I guess um simplistic or the subtle design of the Xbox way more than the ps5 and it seems like a lot of people are not happy about like the design choices of the ps5 well the ps5 is looking like it's a beast i you know what i i was i was looking the other day to see if i could fit it into my entertainment center and i'm just like you know where in the world would this thing go you know because you know you you see the the comparisons this thing yeah. is huge yeah you yeah. know so It'll, it'll I'm, I'm personally planning on using my I'm, I'm actually going to be putting my series x like with my pc with my gaming rig it's going to stand right next to it because i have a nicer monitor and stuff like that and mm -hmm. it's going to be right next to to, to to you know the pc and all that stuff it's going to be nice i think it's going to yeah. be dope so when i get um, it. <laughs> yeah i know i, I i'm i'm kind of leaning toward next year if anything um you know and, and maybe a little bit maybe middle of the year you know, but because by then I would tend to think stuff is starting to come out for that thing. Um, but you know, there is a difference because I don't know if you've seen you've seen these comparisons lately on the load times of of some of these games. Um, and so I think it was IGN, and I'm not sure, but they they did have side by side load times with both the Xbox mm -hmm. One and the new Xbox Series X. And let me tell you something, that is a stark I, difference. Like I've been reading about that. Yeah, we, you're looking at load times within the 10 yeah. to 15 second range, whereas, you know, with the comparisons, you see that they're already in the game, and then you look at the Xbox One, and you're still waiting an extra 40 to almost 75 seconds before you get to the same place. So, you know, for all those people who hate looking at, these super long um, load screens, Metal Gear Solid, um, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> Metal Gear Solid was famous for those super long wait screens, right? Um, yeah. 
you're you're gonna see especially four especially four yeah four was crazy yeah so you know it'll be it'll be cool to see that but again you know these are these are minor little things i fully expect the ps5 to um to outperform and outsell the Xbox this holiday season, to be quite honest, because I, I, I think mean, people people who are in the PlayStation camp will stay in the PlayStation camp, and I think people who are in the Xbox camp will stay in the Xbox camp. And I think if there's a move that's going to happen, it's going to happen somewhere within you know the life of both of these consoles, where right, people yeah. start I mean, to see the value of the Game Pass and the value of all these studios that Xbox has 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 you know put it yeah. on the umbrella and i think that's when you're going to see the move but it's not going to happen right away yeah and no, i mean i think so i don't think it's going to like vastly outperform though um i i i, I would say i don't think it's going to be vastly a, a huge overperformance um i think it's going to be as close as the selection um at least that's my prediction the okay. thing is that like again sony has that 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 household name of sony sony when it comes to electronics period is a household yeah. name and like you know moms and dads that like you know aren't into the gaming world they know sony and that's it microsoft when they think of microsoft they think of windows not video games still to this day yeah. you know they got to be told by their kids that they want an xbox or they or the kids got to go out by themselves does so when uh, it comes to, uh-huh. no i'm yep. sorry no, no does, i was gonna say that um i was gonna say know. that like when it comes to like you know deciding to surprise their kid with anything or something they they know like oh Sony PlayStation like it's it's just Sony I know like the Sony yeah. one let me get the Sony one or the Nintendo one you know there's so. a, there's more of a brand recognition with the PlayStation right PlayStation right. when it comes in to the, the gaming name. and electronics world yeah. yeah in the name it says play you know so right exactly. exactly you have that so. thing um one thing I just wanted to ask and maybe you know I I haven't really been following up but has I know at the beginning of, of its life cycle, the Xbox has always had trouble with inroads into, you know, the Asian markets. You know, it's always been Sony, Sony, Sony. Yeah, that's there. true. Yep. Ha- mm-hmm. Have they, have they, and again, I don't know this, and that's why I ask, I'm asking, have they been able to kind of flip that around and, and get more you know, of, a, of a, you know, their claws into those markets? Not, not so much. And the reason being is that, like, Sony has, so, uh, Sony's games department, their PlayStation uh, division, uh, they have a, a strong foothold in in Japanese game studios in Japanese only titles, mm-hmm. where Microsoft doesn't have that. You know what I mean? Microsoft will will try to get like JRPGs out, and 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 most of the titles are meant to be a global release. Whereas Sony has titles that only release in Japan for the PlayStation, so they have they have a very specific market in Japan, and. You know, coupling that with the American market and the games that are catered to the West, um, that's what makes the the the, uh, the Sony's a you know such an important console in the uh, Asian market. It's because yeah. they're getting a batch of exclusives that we don't even get here in America. Yeah, they have like fly simulators, right? Or, or stuff. Yeah, like they got that. like flight. They, not just that, but like it's just they're they're very no, no, big not, and narrative not driven flight. games. Fly. Fly. Yeah. Fly. Yeah, exactly. fly. yeah. They got like fly simulators. They got like baking simulators. Like they're really yeah, yeah. into like all that kind of stuff. They're huge into, you know, very, like narrative driven uh, video games and stuff like that. And yes. that's why JRPGs are still or Japanese role playing games are still such a huge sector in Japan they're, because they're almost like it's uh, in Japan, for example, whenever there's a a um, uh, like an anime or a manga. 
they'll have a game that comes out, even if it's like a very That's low awesome. budget game, they will have cool. a low budget game that comes out, you know, in, in conjunction with it or in support of it because they churn out that kind of artwork like, you know, like a factory. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. No, um, so, you know, again, they have it. They have their own sector. So I think that until Microsoft starts developing a sector of, you know, games for the Asian market specifically exclusively, they're not going to be able to really crack that. You know, it's also a reason why Nintendo does so well, because Nintendo approaches it the same way. Nintendo has games and properties that only release in Japan and aren't marketed to the West at all. You know, whereas Microsoft has it the other way, right? Like they they yeah. they, they, they they market their games globally, you know, in the hopes that they can cut into the, those markets. Well, it, it'll be interesting to watch the, the holiday season um, this year to see which one does come out. Yeah. Um, but like I said, my, I am, I am a little bit more excited, but I'm still gonna, you know, kind of wait. I'm gonna take a wait and see uh, approach to these console, yeah. this console generation for right now. You know, and that could change. That could change. You know, like anything. Eli, else. any other, any other thoughts, Eli, before we 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 call it a day? No, no. <laughs> there's there's really no difference. Like- uh, that's really noticeable, except for the load time. He's and he's really excited for Minecraft and ray tracing. That's that's <laughs> yeah, his. That's, that's his. Honestly, that's that's his game right now. And you know, he's he's on the YouTube. Uh, not Fortnite. You know, he, he hasn't played Fortnite, Fortnite hasn't. in a while. Really, and Fortnite. I think Fortnite's kind of taking a hit with the whole incident with Apple right now. So um, I don't I don't know how much Fortnite is in the minds of some of the kids. You know, maybe, but see, that's the thing. That's that's where Fortnite's gonna be, because you know they're like, all right, so then I won't play it on my app. I can still play it on my, I can play it on all these other things that Fortnite is on. Yeah, I know, but you know what? I I think there was a there was a um an appeal to not having to wait for mom and dad to make the the TV available. I can just play it on my phone. You know, so um, but hey, that's a different discussion for another day, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, all right, so I think that's gonna do it for us today. I really, really enjoyed the conversation. Um, and uh, as always, it's always fun. Uh, once again, please show us a little bit of support. If you've gotten to the end of this episode, I'm assuming that you enjoyed it. So, if you'd like to give us a little bit of support, please just uh, like, rate, share, and subscribe. As always, we're always gonna ask for it because it's it, it means so much to us when we can see when we, we we don't know you guys directly, like, I don't know who you are, Bob. But if you're if, if you're following us and you're subscribing to us and you're sharing our stuff, I love you, man. You know, so yeah. you know, show us a little love. We're going to show you some love back. Word up. So um, one thing we mentioned that we were going to do a uh, giveaway this past week and we didn't do it simply because oh, of like yes. everything that was going crazy with the election. I completely forgot that this is election week and it was and it's literally the most monumental election of all time.